welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics Season 2, Episode 8. This is kind of our bonus episode at the end. We, we've been doing some common questions uh, in each of the previous seasons, and we, we found that been very valuable. So we decided to continue that with season two. So this is your co-host, Aaron Delp, and with me, as always, is Brian Gracely. Hey, everybody. And um, we really wanted to dig right into this and do five questions, um, and we actually have a bonus question for this as well. So... Let's dig into number one. So Brian, if cloud computing has been around for 10 plus years, why are the majority of business applications still not in the cloud? Yeah, it's a great starting question. And for anybody that's new to cloud computing um, and you're on the business side, well, let me give you sort of a hard lesson. Once applications get started or you you make investments in technology, they tend to stick around for a long time. And I don't mean like a long time, like two or three years. I mean, they tend to stick around for a long, long time. So, you know, it's not unusual, you know, I'll put it this way. Some of the technologies that came out in the 60s, 70s, and 80s are still around. And not only are they collecting dust, but they're actually running a lot of the really important things that some large businesses do. So you hear about things like mainframes, or you hear about things like mini computers. In a lot of cases, those things are still helping with banking transactions and hospital transactions and really important stuff, you know, all of the airline systems and so forth. So um, while there is a lot, a lot of growth in cloud computing and uh, we've seen people migrate applications to the cloud, there are still lots and lots of applications, lots and lots of hardware systems that live on premises or in your data centers that may or may not ever go to the cloud. And so, you know, I think the way to think about this is, um, you know, why don't we have 100% cloud usage? But really, we're going to have to start thinking over time about how do we just measure what's possible to go to the cloud and then, you know, what's new in the cloud. And those will probably be the better metrics as opposed to did we evacuate completely our data centers? Yeah. Right. And think of it this way real quick, too. So, you know, for those of us that have been in IT, what's the, you know, average hardware refresh cycle? Because previously it was really all about hardware refreshes and then you had your applications on top. Those hardware refreshes were three, five, maybe seven years. Yep. Um, but with these applications, the more critical they are, there's a, you know, kind of a term that's out there that if it's not broke, don't fix it. And especially for critical applications, the cost to rewrite it and refactor it into something else. Well, unless it is fundamentally broken, the business is just going to keep doing what it can to support it as is because that doesn't necessarily provide innovation or move the needle a lot of times. And it's only when it becomes truly out of date that it gets refactored and updated. Yep, yep, exactly. Hey, Aaron, second question we had on our list. Um, do all cloud providers essentially charge the same price? So we, we talk about them as the big three or, you know, SaaS or whatever. Like, are they all just the same price or are there nuances we should think about? Well, there's definitely nuances we should think about, but also think, <clears throat> excuse me, think of it this way. There tends to be pretty set costs for the, you know, the big services, if you will, compute, networking, storage, et cetera. And then the, the services that where there's true differentiation in the clouds, those tend to be priced differently. Are they all keeping each other honest? Yes. 
Are they all, you know, tend to lower over time? And we definitely went through that. I'd say, I don't know, three to five years ago, there was actually a focus on this of like, it was actually an announcement when AWS, for instance, would lower their, their costs and it would be a big deal. And it would be, oh, they did this many cost reductions over this year. We don't really talk about that anymore. Certainly not like we used to. And it's because those base services have become a commodity. It's not necessarily where they're making a lot of the profit margin anymore. And so the profit margin is made on some of the ancillary services that are on top of them that provide more differentiated features for those particular clouds. What do you have next on the list for questions, Aaron? Um, The next one is, are there any metrics or baselines we should, excuse me, we should consider for different aspects for cloud? Yeah, this is one of those areas where, um, you know, we, we just sort of said, well, a lot of the clouds are the same from a pricing perspective. So you would just assume, you know, there, there must be all these good metrics and sort of best practices. And I think to a certain extent, it depends a little bit on the type of things you're doing in cloud computing. So, um, you know, in the SaaS space, there does tend to be a lot of very good metrics that you can use to sort of measure, um, you know, how much are you paying? How long are you paying for, you know, understanding kind of how the cloud providers tend to try and make their money or try and keep you engaged um, and maybe have some idea of where you have some some buying power, some negotiating power. As you get a little lower in the stack, PaaS and, and IaaS in particular, um, it tends to differentiate quite a bit because in essence, every customer can do whatever they want. They're not necessarily doing kind of specific to a SaaS or even at the PaaS layer. So you know, there are, there are definitely baselines out there for different things. You know, for example, you know, how much should our CPU utilization be? Um, you know, how much of our spend is likely going to be compute versus storage versus applications and things like that. But um, it really kind of depends on where in the stack um, that you're working on as to what you can find in terms of best practices and metrics that you should measure yourself against. Yeah. And I'll just add one more point to it as well. As a business leader, you may hear terms, uh, especially in the SaaS world, uh, you know, such as uh, the annual revenue uh, that is charged against it or the the churn rate or the retention. And um, SaaS providers in particular have gotten really, really good at turning this into a business model. And for them, it's a bit like a subscription service. It's all about recurring revenue because they know you have a, you know, the contracts are much shorter term contracts. Sometimes they're annual contracts, sometimes they're monthly contracts, sometimes it can go away whenever. And so it is in their best interest to keep you happy and provide value back to your business because they build a business off of you coming back again and again. Yeah. And one last thing I'll say, and this is just sort of a tip that I've been doing lately um, to better my knowledge of this space. Um, If you are beginning to to roll out an application uh, for your business that that you're going to offer as a SaaS or that you're going to offer and it becomes something that you're hoping to drive revenue in, it is very valuable to go start studying those SaaS types of applications to understand, you know, the amount of measurement that they do in their business, you know, where they um, where they do their spending, how they think about ratios of, of spend versus customer churn versus customer acquisition and so forth. Um, I find, at least for me, it's a, it, it creates a really good um, mental model 
even for things that we do, you know, to think about building products and building software and stuff, you know, like where do you, where do you build an instrumentation? Where do you build in telemetry? How do you have visibility of stuff? So, um, you know, that's an area that, you know, as a, as a business leader, um, it's worth kind of digging into, you know, how can I learn more about the way that these modern software companies think about their numbers? And Brian, really the, the next question is kind of a, almost a follow on to what you just said, which is do any traditional business skills transfer to cloud, like say accounting or budgeting or project management or things like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and we talked about this in the, the IT skills transformation segment, uh, I think it was um, episode six, you know, for the most part, yeah, right? You're going to be in the cloud. You're going to need a lot of similar types of capabilities. You need to know what's going on with your projects. You need to be able to account for them. You need to be able to negotiate. Um, you need to be able to track how much things spend. So yeah, very much um, a lot of those skills, again, you know, maybe the first 60, 70% of those skills are going to be transferable. You know, And then somewhere in that 20 to 30% range is where, you know, uh, Budgeting is going to be different because maybe you were very capex centric before, and you're doing things now in more dynamic opex ways. You know, project management again. You may have been doing things as waterfall, right? Long term planning. Now you're going to be doing things as more agile and Scrum. You're going to be doing more rapid iteration, uh, rapid iteration, and so forth. So, yes, um, you know, a lot of the skills can transfer to a to an extent, but you do need to go in with your eyes wide open to say, look, you know. Like we've mentioned throughout this season, what's different and where are the areas that we probably need to kind of get ourselves up to speed about where the difference is? Because I'll, I'll tell you one thing, you know, if if you ask people that have been around the cloud for a while and have been around data centers previously, you know, what's the one biggest, biggest mistake that people often make going to the cloud? It's we're just going to do things exactly the same way we did in our data center. It's just somebody else's data center. It's somebody else's computer. Don't don't fall for that, right? There is a certain amount of, of difference, um, and it's really important to invest yourself in the knowledge of what those differences are. Aaron, you know, in that in that same vein, uh, since you know we talk about costs so often around cloud computing. Do you find it's valuable or is it important that somebody add, you know, an economist or an accountant specifically to focus on cloud computing? Is that something that's transferable? Is that something that you really, you know, need to embed in the team, just like the same way we've talked about embedding security in your team? The the short answer is it depends. Um, and it depends based off of the scale and the bills. So think of it this way. Um, if you decide you're doing projects in the cloud, you're going to have a bill and a spend. And the more services you use, the more complex and complicated that bill will be. And of course, the more it will go up as well. And so if there is some savings to be had in there, and there almost always is some savings and you can kind of dig through the data and, and there's some optimization that can happen, especially if you're new to it. Well, there's plenty of services out there. Um, and so maybe it is as a first step, you're offloading that position and that potential looking for savings to a SaaS service or to another product or another company, and you're getting back a return on it. But now if your bills are large enough, you know, there are many customers out there, their, their cloud bills go into the millions of dollars. Well, what kind of savings can you get back on that? And at what point does staffing a full-time person 
be justified and you're actually saving money by paying somebody to look at those bills. So really it probably depends on scale, right? To get started, no, I would say you probably don't need it. If you're doing something at scale and you're looking for larger savings, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, you know, again, go in with your eyes wide open. Um, you know, some skills are transferable and, and some need to be learned. Aaron, last last one we have on our list, and this isn't so much a, a question, it's just sort of a, a set of guidance. Um, you know, if somebody's been listening so far, they've listened to season zero, one, and two now, um, we've given them some technical, we've given them some business insight. You know, when should they start moving from, you know, listening to Cloudcast Basics into the main Cloudcast show? Yeah, I would say really any time, um, because what we've really found in the Cloudcast is a lot of folks actually go back and dig through the library. Um, in case you're not familiar with it, there is 10 years worth of shows there, and they do. A lot of the topics tend to be a little bit more timeless than timely. So we actually have a, um, a good bit of our listeners that will go back and pick and choose certain episodes based off of certain technologies that interest them or certain topics such as cloud economics as one, for instance. And we tend to talk about, you know, annual, we do kind of a look ahead for the year. We do at the end of the year, kind of a wrap up as well. So I think any time really is a good time to move over. But I would say if you're just getting started, maybe you want to pick and choose based off of some topics. Yeah, the other thing I'll say is, um, you know, we have intentions to continue to do these uh, Cloudcast Basic series throughout the rest of the year. We've actually got the year all mapped out. So, you know, uh, even if you're in the shallow end of the pool at this point, but you're starting to feel a little more comfortable, maybe some of the articles you're reading online are starting to make a little more sense, you know, stick with both of them, right? These are going to come out once a month. Uh, they're going to be shorter. You'll be able to kind of binge through them. And then, like Aaron said, you can you can kind of go and pick and choose, um, like, the other thing you mentioned, those those look-ahead shows we do at the first of every year, sort of January of every year, those are always really good primers as well. We kind of keep them a little bit higher level than maybe some of the deeper dive ones we do throughout the rest of the year. So, Aaron, I'm going to kind of wrap up season two. It's been fun. I think it's been, you know, for us, it's good to, uh, you know, stretch our muscles on the business side as opposed to always talking about technology. So, folks, well, we hope you have a better understanding about how cloud computing can ultimately help you on the business side. We hope you've learned quite a bit. And, you know, as we look forward to season three, as we mentioned in the last show accidentally, um, we're going to get this next one out in in late March, maybe 1st of April. And it's going to really focus again, a little bit on the business side, but really looking at cloud economics. And that'll probably end up being a mix of both business and technical. So thanks again for listening to season two. And we look forward to seeing you again, either on the Cloudcast or on season three. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.